Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest is Ravi Karani. He's the CEO of a company called uh, MySutro. The website is mysutro.com. And we're going to be talking about uh, their smart monitoring, water monitoring system. So, Ravi, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, doing good. How are you? Doing fine. Yeah, so tell me about uh, your smart water monitoring app. What's the, um, what was the idea behind it and what does it do? Yeah, so at, at a high level, basically what we're building um, is a proprietary sensor technology that um, you throw into a body of water. Um, it connects to the cloud, um, tells the user exactly what to do with their water and when to do it, um, and then and then basically builds that feedback loop. Um, and, and I say that that high picture because if you go to mysutro.com, you'll see that we're deploying in swimming pools right now. Um, and it's kind of a, a perfect example for us to launch into and also for me to kind of explain the way that the system works, because many people probably have dealt with a swimming pool before. Um, so the way it tangibly works in your backyard is you you drop this device into your swimming pool. Um, it connects via our, our hub to the Wi-Fi. And our cloud analytics system basically tells you on the Sutro application um, how much and of what chemical to put in, right? Put in two pounds of chlorine, put in three pounds of acid. And the goal is that if you don't have those chemicals, we deliver them to your doorstep. Um, obviously, with automation, we're hoping that we can create a fully autonomous loop so you won't actually have to go out there and really do anything. Hmm. Well, yeah, what was the reasoning behind why you create such a thing? Like, what was the the need that you see you saw needed to be filled? Yeah, so it, it actually started when I was running a venture fund in India. Um, the venture fund is now called Village Capital. And basically, we had a small fund that was focusing on companies that were building products for the bottom of the pyramid. Um, the bottom of the pyramid is usually defined as people who earn less than $2 a day. Um, and so in that, in that process, a lot of the deals that I actually saw that, that came in front of my desk or, you know, I, I got to see were around actually water in general, right? India, when I was, where I was based at, um, has a lot of water problems. Um, and so in seeing that, we kind of dug deeper into the water space, and we we very quickly realized that a lot of people are developing solutions for how to treat water, right? There's a lot of things around water filtration. Um, there's 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 water sanitation technologies. But what we what we saw that was being executed was kind of a jackhammer solution for something that you know a hammer or something a lot smaller can do. Um, and the way that we figured that out is because sensing itself is really antiquated. Um, people currently go out and, and when they're measuring water chemistry, a lot of it's done analog, right? A lot of people go there, you know, as a, as a human and they'll, they'll dip this little test stick inside there and they'll measure the color, as you may see from a swimming pool. Um, a lot of people actually just measure drinking water that way. They measure agricultural water that way. They measure water for fisheries that way. And so we said, everybody's trying to create solutions for water, but we should probably try to figure out what's wrong with the water first. Um, and that's kind of how we got into the entire sensor world of things. Um, again, we, we kind of looked at the sensor technology, figured out that it's obviously extremely archaic, not only because you know humans are manually doing it, but even the stuff that really is automated is just ridiculously expensive. And for somebody who earns less than $2 a day, whether you're in you know a nonprofit or a government organization, 
And if you're going to deploy, you know, millions of these, tens of millions of these across the world to measure water, it can't be that expensive. And so we set out to basically build a proprietary sensor, um, tried selling it to the Indian government, which is probably the stupidest thing a startup can ever do, right? Is try to try to sell to a large government. Um, and so we kind of looked in the other direction and, and built our company in San Francisco. And obviously we figured out that, you know, pools, one, cater to obviously a much more wealthy clientele so we can actually build our business a lot more sustainably. But more importantly, if we're trying to aggregate data of endpoint water quality, right? Water at the, at the last point that it's going to reach where people usually drink it or consume it, um, swimming pools have the exact same water that come out of your tap. And so the goal eventually is to basically deploy um, you know, tens of millions of these, not only for swimming pools, but also begin to aggregate data and get network effects around um, drinking water, around water for agriculture, around water for fisheries, because all of these different types of waters require a different sort of, I guess I can say water parameters, right? If you're putting a lot of chlorine into your swimming pool, that highly chlorinated water is probably not good for your farm, right? You shouldn't be putting chlorine on your, on your grape plants. Um, but you want high you know, values of nitrogen in, in, in that water that you're using for your grapes. And so what we want to do is build a sensor system that can understand all of these parameters and tune them for the applications that, that they're actually needed for, whether it be your swimming pool, your grapes, you're growing salmon, you're drinking water. Um, that's the kind of big picture of what we started to do and why we ended up building this technology initially for the swimming pool. So, all right, so what can it measure in a swimming pool? And where, what does it look like? Where does it go? And what does it measure? Yeah, it, it looks exactly like one of those uh, chlorine floaters that you probably see in your pool, except for, you know, a lot more, a lot more nicer looking. Um, it measures three of the main parameters, your pH, your free chlorine, and your alkalinity. Um, and those are the three main parameters that you need as a swimming pool owner to actually measure your water chemistry and to actually tune your pool. So is it like a little clip-on device or what does it look like? Yeah, it's it's just like a little floater. Like you literally take it out of the box and you you turn it on and you just toss it in your pool and it floats in your pool 24-7 um, and it's kind of always connected to the internet. So if something's wrong with your water, you'll immediately get an, an app notification, um, you know, saying, hey, it looks like your chlorine's low. Go ahead and put this inside or do this. Hmm. So is it out in the field that you're having, uh, you know, X number of hundreds or thousands of pool owners use it and, you know, are they seeing any data or are you seeing data? Yeah, not not quite yet. We're not commercially available in the market just just quite yet. We're in in prototype, um, and so we spent the good part of about three and a half years basically patenting this uh, this proprietary water sensor technology. Um, we're actually the the only water test that I know in the market that can do what they call the titration test, or in in, in the swimming pools case, an alkalinity test um, for under three hundred dollars. Um, and that's not including that we can actually do a pH and a free chlorine test. Um, so to answer your question, we have, you know, a, a, a handful of devices deployed across the U.S. We're actively testing those, and we're going to do a big launch in summer of 2019 um, for the 2019 swimming pool season. Hmm. So what do you expect that this will do, you know, for a pool owner? Will it reduce the need for chemicals? Will it uh, just keep the pool in good shape? I mean, what do you expect the effects to be? Yeah, I mean, if if you've kind of been been tracking everything I've been saying, I think, you can start to distill that that my biggest um, incentive in building a product like this is, is is around sustainability, is around resource management. Um, and so with that thread kind of woven woven through the through the company, um, in deploying the sutra, there's kind of three main things that that a pool owner per se can actually get value from. Um, the first is actually not wasting water. 
Um, a lot of people, when they have issues with their water chemistry, will dump their water, and that's just wasted water that you're, you know, 10, 20,000 gallons, sometimes a few thousand gallon jacuzzi that'll go to waste. Um, the second thing is you're actually going to use less chemicals, right? Just if you're being preventative with your chemical management and your water management, you don't have these massive swings of your green pool and, you know, you're putting a whole bunch of chemicals in to get it back to blue again. Um, so, so a user will actually use less chemicals with our system. And the third thing is actually the, the dirtier your water gets, um, the more energy you use. And so if you just maintain your water, you're going to actually pay less to run your pump to circulate your water. Um, kind of a little known fact, actually, is that the swimming pool pump is the second largest consumer of electricity, second to an air conditioner in in a home. Um, and so those are kind of the three big three big values. You won't waste water, you'll use, use less chemicals, and you'll actually save energy. Do you have any estimate of how much people will, will likely be saved? Yeah, it, it depends on the user, right? If if you have somebody that's uh that's kind of a geek chemist that has a swimming pool, you know, they're probably doing the same thing that our device is doing, whereas the the kind of average American um that manages their water in their backyard is obviously pretty busy. Um we've seen just off of anecdotal data that you can save anywhere between two hundred to five hundred dollars combined on your on your water, your chemicals and your energy. Per month or per year or that's per year. Okay. Which is which oh, is about still you know, very significant. Yeah, which is, I mean, people on average spend about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars on their pool per year. Um, so that's mm-hmm. a good, you know, twenty to twenty to thirty percent of that cost. Oh, okay, All right, very good. Um, so first step is pools, and then uh, would we have a device uh, on our faucets at home, let's say, so we can monitor our drinking water quality, or where would this go next? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely a potential application for it. Um, where we're actually thinking about going next is to larger scale industrial. Um, and, and where we have our sights on next is actually either in agriculture or, or in food and beverage. Um, you know, you're seeing a lot of issues with, with food being cleaned, um, you know, not, not that properly with, with scares with kind of salmonella on tomatoes. Um, and, and, you know, you're seeing on the other side of things just wastage of water or you're seeing in, in, in kind of the agricultural scenario, right? You're seeing issues with groundwater management in California, per se. Um, you know, the, the, as, as a kind of core example here, if you look at the Salinas Valley down in, in central California, which is where the majority of these, of these nuts and lettuce and tomatoes are, are grown, um, you're having this thing basically called, um, a salination problem, right? Because we're taking out the water from the, from the groundwater, you're getting saltwater intrusion from the Pacific Ocean actually coming and filling in these, these groundwater tables which is actually affecting the quality of the of the produce that you're growing because now you have a higher salt content that you're using to basically water these plants with. So what we hope to do is actually take a sutra monitor and build a build a pure feedback loop and understand what the water chemistry is on the farm so we can tell farmers exactly how much nutrients to put into their water given different stages of the plant growth cycle. And so that's where we're looking at actually deploying next after some impulse. Well, I know from growing stuff hydroponically, you want to measure, you know, uh, I guess turbidity or, you know, mineral content, pH, uh, you know, a whole bunch of factors. If you're feeding the plants with any nutrients, you know, the nutrient level and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the kind of uh, three or four major things that we would measure in the, in the agricultural scenario is, um, is, is NPK, so nitrates, phosphates, and potassium. Um, and those are those are actually the three mixtures that you get from the from the fertilizer companies. If you look and you buy fertilizers, um, they'll basically usually have some sort of an NPK mix. And so what we hope to do is, you know, um, the best way to explain this is, you know, let's let's take a tomato plant for example. Um, at different stages in the tomato's life, um, 
it'll need different nutrients for its particular cycle, right? Let's say it's going through its quote unquote ad, you know ad, adolescence years, is going into its teenage years, and then it obviously is, is ready to be you know it's, it's ripe and it's ready to be picked. At each of those phases, you might need a different nitrogen content, a different potassium content, um, and usually the way to figure that out is actually by by measuring water. Um, people currently on farms in, in Salinas, some some farmers will use a technology called a lysimeter, which actually um, is a little tube that you just stick in the ground, and it tells you two things. One is that if there's actually water in the ground, right? Are you are you properly watering your crop? And the second thing it tells you is exactly uh, what people usually do is they'll they'll go and they'll sample the water in these lysimeter stations, and they'll sample it for this NPK, the pH, and the salinity reading. So there's basically five different things you're going to need. And instead of the farmer driving around, you know, once a week and doing this, if we can give them real-time data on, you know, even a daily basis, they can basically tune and kind of detune these nitrogen, you know, phosphorus and potassium levels of this fertilizer to make sure they're giving the plants exactly what they need when they need it for the stage that they're actually in. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what about beyond NPK? What about the other nutrients that plants need? I've, you know, I've, again, it's just anecdotal, but, you know, when plants have problems, when they're dying and they don't know why, or when they're wilting, you know, sometimes it may be the micronutrients or, uh, you know, maybe they, they need the beneficial bacteria or, you know, mycelium or other things to help them grow. Are you going to be expanding mm-hmm. what you're measuring? Yeah, so th- there's kind of two ways for us to do that. Either we can do it within the hardware itself um, or we actually build um, a software platform to help other companies basically integrate with our software. Um, and, you know, we could we could work with companies, for example, like John Deere, or other companies that may measure using computer vision or drones of the of the bacterial content, the you know mycelium. Um, you know, there's there's companies that are using computer vision to measure on a daily basis the kind of I guess in quotes the wilting of the plant. Um, if you can track that and put that into an application that also measures the NPK, measures the pH, measures the alkalinity, you truly get a holistic view of actually what's happening with your plant. So I think your point is you know very well taken, and it is on the development roadmap. It's just you know, in, in, in which part of the fork do we go that? Do we do we develop it ourselves or do we build a software platform that people can integrate to? Um, and it's probably going to be a little bit of both. Yeah, and I know you want to do it in stages. You know, you can't do everything at once. So. But it yeah, can go yeah, pretty yeah, far. Course, I mean, it's crazy that none of this stuff is being monitored at all and then it can go a lot further. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that's that's what we're that's what we're looking to do with something that's as precious as water. Um, you know, I think we're actually taking it for, taking it for granted, frankly. Um, you know, just the way that water is regulated and the kind of lack of transparency we as citizens have in it. Um, you know, not, not only are we building a product for you to manage your pool better, but we want to get clear data on what's actually happening to our water. What about, um, I mean, drinking water seems like it would be a huge, I mean, it is a huge problem in many countries. Um, is there a way to make a small portable version of the device that you can drop into a glass of water that you're about to drink and it can read what's going on or, you know, carry it with you? Put it into a faucet. I mean, something like that. Yeah, completely. And and you know, I think with our 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 ability to penetrate into into households with the swimming pool product, um, there will be a, a kind of slew of of different products that will launch into the household. Um, you know, whether those be things you can take camping or we can develop into rural communities. Um, you know, again, the the kind of seed of the starting of Sutra wasn't was in India, and we did you know want to develop a sensor for drinking water in in rural and in communities. Um, so I think the the kind of high level mission statement and what we hope to really impact is just the global supply of, of water. And I think there's a number of products that we can launch 
um, you know, whether that be direct to consumer where you can go and actually deploy it yourself on your faucet or it's deployed kind of at the distribution level where we're selling it to municipalities who are then um, measuring with their, with their feedback loops, making sure that the water that you're drinking is actually clean or not. Um, one of the things we're actually working on, and, you know, I think water is just kind of a larger narrative for, for me per se, is um, we've begun to basically build this concept that I called um, the 2050 fund. And it's, it's kind of looking at how we can fund the next generation of businesses that'll basically build the products for the next hundred years. Um, you know, we're seeing massive changes in the, you know, in the, in the, in like the climate around the world. We're seeing things with, um, you know, water, water rights and just the ability to have clean water, um, stuff around food, things with like mass urbanization, right? You'll see massive amounts of people moving into cities, um, you know, things around the, um, the, the kind of hegemonic state around the globe and, you know, what is the, what is the flow of currency look like? Um, so these are, these are big problems that we're probably going to face in the next, you know, 50 to 100 years. And, you know, Sutro is kind of a seed that I've begun to build, but the, but the tree that we really hope to grow is, is, this, is this 2050 fund that can basically um, incorporate and invest in businesses that will help the next 100 years of how the world is going to look like. Yeah, that's great. Um, what do you, what do you wish you were able to do right now with Sutro? I mean, you're you know, I know the swimming pools is a start, but uh, what you know, what's on your wish list for the next six months or a year? What what are you going to be doing, and what do you wish you could do? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think you know, on top of being super altruistic, I think uh, my six months to a year is just being hyper focused. Um, you know, we need to we need to manufacture these devices. We need to build out campaigns to to sell these devices to homeowners. Um, you know, we need to run digital marketing campaigns, test different audiences. Um, that's my, that's my kind of six month to one year goal is how do we get this thing into as many pools as we can in, you know, by the summer of 2019. Okay. Well, very good. Um, so what's the best way for folks to find out more and to get in contact? Yeah. Just if you go to, um, mysutro.com, um, we're going to be updating the website and having a ton more information on there yeah. in which, um, you can engage with us. Um, you know, we, we actually are building out an artificial intelligence chatbot for you to also engage with us. Um, you can text the number 415-299-8082. Um, if you text the word go to that number, um, you should be able to basically get on there or go to sutro.ai. So either, either one of those three channels will reach us and we can get you set up. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Why do you call it Sutro, by the way? Yeah, it's actually um, a tip of the hat to a ex-mayor in San Francisco, um, Adolf Sutro, who had the Sutro baths on the northwest side of San Francisco. Um, they once used to be the largest public swimming pools in, in the world. And so this is, in a sense, the kind of largest public swimming pool that we'll be aggregating data from the Sutro sensors with. So they're just a little tip of the hat to the Sutro baths. Okay, that's very cool. Excellent. All right. Well, very good. So uh, people can visit mystutro.com and they can find out more. And uh, you said in about a year or less, then uh, this will be available for swimming pools. That's correct. Yep. Mystutro.com. All right. That's great. Well, Robbie, thank you for coming and I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.